You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Well, excited today. Today's Father's Day. You know what, Nick? Why don't you go ahead and leave that chair just over there, and we'll hose it off later. Uh, (laughs) uh, We have, if you are a dad, we want to celebrate you. We love you. We're excited. Can we give it up for all the dads here today? Um, We want to celebrate you. We have uh, a hat for you on the way out if you want to grab it on the table. And then we have some pretzels and cheese and stuff, just some dad snacks. Uh, But I thought I'd uh, start us off with some dad jokes. Can we do that today? Okay, my daughter loves to tell jokes. I got her a joke book. And so we like to tell jokes back and forth. So I picked some of my favorite um, jokes from her joke book. And I think these are pretty solid. So which bear is the most condescending? A panda. Perfect. How do you get a country girl's attention? A tractor. Okay. And we're moving quick, guys. You got to keep up. <laughs> what kind of drink can be bitter and sweet? Reality. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? <laughs> Why do nurses like red crayons? Because sometimes they have to draw blood. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's fine. He woke up. (laughs) Yes. Here, this is, I like this one. My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. (laughs) I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Okay, this is one of Lucy's favorites. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Sophisticated. I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. It turns out it was the refrigerator all along. Some of you are like, what? You'll get there. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! (laughs) Why do seagulls fly over the ocean? Because if they flew over the bay, we'd call them bagels. What did the zero say to the eight? That belt looks good on you. Where do fruits, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, because it's like a circle, but it, never mind. Uh, where do fruits go on vacation? Paris. No? No. <laughs> what do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? A meltdown. When two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? <laughs> no. <laughs> Casey's the coolest vegan I know. Um, (laughs) It's the only reason I survived the Daniel Fest. Uh, (laughs) I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. (laughs) I used to play piano by ear. Now I use my hands. That one's my daughter's favorite. I, I like dad jokes. They're terrible. They're rarely funny. They're really goofy. But I love being goofy with my kids. I think it's fun. My kids are really goofy. If you've met my kids, they're both very goofy and fun. And uh, I like to be silly with my kids. And it's interesting, like, as a dad, I'm now at that age that I really remember my dad being when I was a kid, which is weird. So, like, the memories I have of my dad, I'm, like, now that age and or, I'm, you know, in that season of life, so to speak. 
And I, uh, I think about that all the time, that in so many ways I'm like my dad. And I really see it come out, like, in the ways that I act. And I, I was always curious, like, will I do those things? And the answer is yes. I am a lot like my dad as my mom looks at me and nods her head. Um, a couple things I, I think I've noticed is, like, we both hate being late. And yet at the same time, I did notice, I don't know if he's here, so I'm just roasting him and he's somewhere else. He's doing security. Um, and yet I noticed that we always stack appointments. So we're always texting people like, yep, we're on our way right now, leaving right now, on our way. Uh, but we both hate being late. Um, we always have a project going on. In fact, someone came to my home the other day. Uh, we had a, a birthday party for my son, and they were like, hey, wasn't there a wall here? And I said, yes, but I ripped it out because I didn't like it. And they were like, they literally said to me, like father, like son. And I was like, that is true. I have never lived in a house that's not been under construction in my entire life. I have never lived in a finished home. Like, I've never lived in a home where, like, you walked in and they were like, oh, how was the remodel? And I could say, done. I've never lived in that home. Uh, <laughs> I've always lived with a project. There's always a project. And I, uh, I think, like, the unofficial model that I have taken from my dad is that if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Uh, for example, I bought... I not bought, I ordered, because you can get it for free, mulch. I ordered mulch from, from an arborist so I could put mulch in my yard, and they delivered to me 20 yards of mulch. Now, if you've ever moved dirt, you know that that is a driveway plus full of mulch in Arizona. Uh, that's more mulch than any human being needs ever. And so my dad drove by, because he lives kind of close, he drove by, and he rolled down his window, and he was like, hey, 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 that looks familiar. And I was like, yes, you did this to me. You taught me this level of chaos, and here I am. I told myself that I would only have rocks in my yard, and yet here I am mulching. Actually, this might be your fault, Mom. Uh, mulching a couple of feet deep, now that I think about this. We'll double back on Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> But we love to build. I've noticed, like, really taking value in a job well done. I definitely noticed, I learned from my dad that we don't know when to quit. I think that's a positive and a negative quality. Not knowing when to stop, like not knowing when to stop a joke or not knowing when to stop a project. We don't really know. Uh, but we just keep going till our wives tell us, please, please stop. And that's when we know how to stop. Uh, <laughs> Uh, something I've, I've seen reflected, you know, if my dad is, uh, I, we love to help people. Uh, we like to, to, to help people with their home and their life and moving, right? I have a truck, so everybody in this church that moves calls me, and since I'm the pastor, I apparently have to come help you move. Uh, and so there I am. But I, we, we both value discipleship. That's something I've really, like, learned from my father is discipling uh, and, and investing into people, and I really like that. Uh, but it's interesting now that I have kids, I'm seeing myself reflected in my kids. See, I didn't notice so much how my dad reflected in me till I started seeing, like, how I'm passing it down to my kids. And I knew this moment was happening when my daughter gave me a look that I give to her. Do you know what I'm talking about, parents? You know when, like, your kid does the thing back to you that you do to them, and it, like, doesn't look as cool on them? And you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing to you, right? So the other day, uh, we were doing something, and uh, she gave me this look, like, <laughs> this, like, squinty, like, what, what is this? And I was looking at her, and I was like, what, what is this? And she was like... And I, we were just doing it back and forth, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's happening. 
<laughs> uh, my son, uh, he, he's, he's adopted, and so he's a little more tan than me. Uh, but people say, like, oh, is this your son? And I'm like, yeah, can you not see the resemblance? And in the culture we live right now, you can't say no. <laughs> like, you have to just say, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, what, does he swim a lot? Like, yeah, he swims a lot. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I've noticed even in, in, in Henry, who's been with us now for uh, over a year, a year and a half now, year and a half almost, a uh, year and a half, I notice that he does things like me, and he loves the things that I love, and he responds, and he says words that I say good and bad. I don't know what it is about kids, but they have an ability to pick up your worst moments and then like project it for everyone to see, right? It's like, could you pick up, I don't know, your toys? Why do you have to pick up all the bad habits? Uh, but it's interesting, you know, Henry, uh, every morning he gets up, he wants to go out in the garden with me, he grabs his shovel, and he wants to go dig. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to garden, he wants to work with me in the garden, he wants to do that with me. Uh, Lucy, she's not as apt to dig. She wants to put on a performance. She wants to play guitar. She wants to sing and dance. She wants to do a show for us. It is not a day in my home where she's not trying to give us a speech or a sermon or, or a performance or a dance or something something like that. So she wants to be a pastor, and it's so cool to see uh, my kids uh, exemplifying when they do some of my better qualities passed down, uh, and, and not the worst ones. Mostly they get the good qualities from my wife. Um, but it's so wild as I look at my kids, I, I really recognize that as fathers, we have a powerful influence on our family. Right? Fathers, you have a powerful influence on your family, uh, positively or negatively, right? Right, as we look even in culture, we recognize the role of father can be one that is profoundly positive or it can be negative. And some of you, you might be coming from a, from a tradition or a family that has a very positive fatherly role model. And some of you might be coming today from a tradition or a family that does not have a very positive fatherly role model. But I think we would all kind of come on the plane level together and say we could recognize that there is a deep impact or influence on families by that role of father. And as a father, it has got me to the point where I want to ask the question, what am I passing down to my kids? Now, if you're not a father today, you might not be passing something down directly to your children, but did you know that you are influencing the people around you? As a believer, child or not, you influence the people who are near you in your life. Amen? Amen. They, they respond to you in a certain way. So maybe today you don't have kids, or you've had kids and they're long, they're long gone, you, you don't influence them anymore, or, or maybe you don't want kids, whatever it is. Uh, you in your life will be influencing the people around you. And as I look at my kids, I think, wow, you know, I, I learned things from my father, and I pass them down to my kids, like father, like son. And my question is, like, have I really thought about what the people around me in my life are learning from me? How do I teach those around me well? How do I show them well? How do I be a light to them? And so, I mean, you guys probably knew I was going to say this because you're at church. I think the best place to look is to Jesus Christ and God the Father. See, no matter what your earthly father is like, please hear me today. You have a heavenly father. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 tells us this. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom 
are all things and through whom we exist. I think this is an important foundation today, is every person here today, regardless of your background, regardless of, of who you are, where you come from, your family, you have a perfect Father in the Lord. God is a perfect Father. See, this should be encouraging to us, because not everybody has a great example, but even if you have a great example, they're certainly not perfect. And even if you are a great Father, you're certainly not perfect either, right? And so our goal is not to be perfect for our family, but to guide and to point our family to who is perfect. Our, our goal in life is not that we are perfect because we won't reach it, but as we strive to be more like Christ, we're pointing to the God who is. And we as believers need to know that we have a perfect Father. If you're taking notes, I just want you to write down to encourage your heart, God is a perfect Father. You're like, I didn't have a good earthly father example. Then let me give you some foundations of what godly fatherhood should look like. So if you're coming today maybe from a tough place or a traumatic place, let me just speak life into you today to say this is what godly fatherhood looks like. Can we do that today? Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quickly give you the reference and give you what it says about the father. Psalm 103, 13. The Father has compassion on His children. Did you know that God is compassionate? If you didn't grow up in a compassionate home, then hear me. God is a compassionate Father. His heart is for you. 1 John 3, 1. The Father lavishes love on us. Right? It's not that He just loves us. He lavishes love on us. Proverbs 3.11, the father lovingly corrects and disciplines. If you came from a home that did not lovingly correct and discipline, but maybe was a place of fear and punishment and judgment, hear me that our God is the God who lovingly corrects and guides. You do not need to be afraid of the correction of the Almighty God because it is always done in love. Sometimes it's tough and it's difficult, right? And it stirs our heart, right? But it is always done in love. Everyone still with me? Okay. Matthew 6, 6. The Father hears our prayers and responds. That's a big one. The Father hears our prayers. Godly fatherhood is not uh, be, be seen but not heard, right? Or don't be seen, or don't talk to me, or leave me alone. Father, godly fatherhood is the example that God gives for you. Is God says, listen, every single one of you, I not only hear your prayers, but I respond to your prayers. Matthew 6, 26, the Father cares for us. The Father values us. John 10, 28, the Father has secured us through Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.20, the Father is glorified for all eternity. John 1.12, the Father has made us His children. You have been adopted in as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Like my son Henry, whom I love, who is my son, who I would die for, he is adopted in. We have also been adopted in by the blood of Jesus. That's why we have this phrase, right? Have you ever heard blood is thicker than water? Anyone heard that? The real phrase is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Kind of means something different, huh? 
that what is united through the blood of Jesus is stronger even than the flesh of this world. So if you did not have a godly father example, let me tell you, your bond through the blood of Jesus to a father who loves you is greater than maybe, or not, is greater than the bond that you had because you were birthed into a certain family. God is a stronger, better, more perfect father. James 1.17, oh, sorry, Luke 12.32. I don't want to skip this. The Father is pleased to give us this, the kingdom. The Father is pleased to give us the kingdom. I, I feel like I'm a half-decent dad, and I'm going to leave something good for my kids, but I'm certainly not leave, leaving them the kingdom. That's pretty great, right? That's great. You could be killing it as a dad, and I hope you are, right? But no matter how much we're killing it, God's leaving us the kingdom. He's bringing the kingdom with him. He's going to return, right? A new heaven and a new earth, no more suffering, no pain, right? We, we live with him for eternity. That's a, that's a great gift. That's a good gift. You don't re-gift the kingdom. Well, you kind of do. Um, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, Matthew 26, 53, the Father commands the armies of angels around us. Romans 8, 32, the Father gave his only Son to save us. Luke 6, 36, the Father is merciful. John 14, 16, the Father has given us the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5, 48, the Father is perfect. There's like a million more, but we only have this amount of time to go through it. But I say that to say the foundation of fatherhood for us, the example that's set before us, is the Lord. Not that we would become God, but that we would look at God's character and think, I want to pursue that kind of righteousness in my life. Father or not, that you would want to pursue that righteousness displayed through the loving Father God. No matter my example, I want to be faithful I want to be merciful, I want to be strong, I want to be caring. The question is, how do we do that? Because if he's God and he's perfect, and I'm me, and I'm not perfect, how do I do that? Well, like I said at the beginning, like father, like son, Jesus is who we look to. We look to the son to grow in the character of the father. Before Jesus' death, he's teaching his disciples, and he's trying to explain to them where he's going, and uh, they are understandably confused, but he explains something powerful about how they're to live after him. So we're going to look at this scripture together. Uh, would you jump to John chapter 14 if you have your Bible? If not, the words will be on the screen. It says this. Jesus is talking. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then I think the most reasonable response, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. So how could we know the way to get there? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen them. Jesus says, I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to show you the way. And you know how to get there. And Thomas is like, no, we don't. <laughs> and Jesus is like, yes, you do. In fact, you are speaking to him currently. I, I am the way. I am the way. Like, not like this is the way. Like, literally, I am it. I am the way. 
It is through Jesus Christ. It is through his death and resurrection, right? It is through in obedience and walking with him. He is the way. And he says, listen, you know the Father because you know me. And Philip responds, I think in classic disciple fashion, Lord, in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Like, he just missed the past two sentences, right? He's like, you've seen the Father, you've seen me. And Philip said, no, ah, show us the Father, it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, or believe on account of the works themselves. Jesus says to the disciples, you know the Father because you know me, right? You've seen the Father because you've seen me. What I, Jesus is saying, what I'm showing you is the character of the Father displayed in my life. I don't need to give you this, like, uh, Doctor Strange, like, you know, multiverse picture in, like, oh, look, oh, heaven, how the gates are pearly, right? Like, he, he says, you can see God's character defined in my life. And really, since the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he's been trying to tell people, if you see me, you see the Father. He said, I am one with the Father. One of my favorite parts of Scripture is uh, when Jesus is a kid, his parents go to Jerusalem for a feast. So they're like going into the city, right? And they take him in. They go with a whole crew into the city. They do the big old feast, and then they all leave. But they forgot Jesus back at the city. I, I've left my kids places. It happens. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I haven't. <laughs> this is being recorded. I've never, I'm a, yeah. Anyways, too late. Uh, so they leave, and he's there. And so they get like, a, they get a ways out, and they're like, oh my gosh, where's Jesus? And they go, he's not here. We need to go back to Jerusalem. And so they get, and they go back to Jerusalem. They're freaking out. They're searching all over. They go into the temple, and there he is in the temple, like teaching adults, reading scripture. And they're like, Jesus, we're worried sick about you. We were looking everywhere. And Luke 2, 49, it says, And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Okay, this is an incredibly bold thing to say. If you are a Jewish person in this time, sitting in the temple, to look at your Jewish family and say, This is my dad's house. And they'd be like, The temple of God? So, God, so God's your dad? So you're saying you're God. He just told his parents he's God, right? Now Mary, and they, they know, right? They, the angel and the birth and Joseph not involved, right? Like, you know, <laughs> they know something's up, right? <laughs> but he's trying to say from the beginning, I am doing the work of my father. When you see me working, you see my father working. Which would have been terrifying for a 12-year-old to say to you. Could you imagine? No, I can't. Uh, but in his ministry, it's the same thing. Jesus heals a lame man. The Pharisees are furious. They say, you can't do that on the Sabbath day. And what does Jesus say? John 5, 17 says, Jesus answered him, my father is working until now, and I am working. Philip is confused. He says, how do we see the father? Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, like father, like son. So how do we walk in this perfect example of our heavenly father? as we walk in the way of Jesus Christ. 
As fathers, we walk in the way. As believers, we walk the way of Jesus Christ. We model his character and his heart in our lives. So what does it mean for us fathers? Let me give you a couple things, three things real fast. One, you glorify the Father by becoming more like the Son. When people see you, they should see the Father. It's weird. People see a lot of things when they see Christians, but what they should see is the love of the Father displayed. The character, the principle, the life. See, God is perfect, and we are not. So how can someone see God displayed in us? Because we as believers are constantly being transformed and renewed to be more like Christ. See, Christianity is not about perfection as in you must be perfect to be a believer. It's that as we choose to follow God, as we follow Christ with our life, as we lay down our hearts before him continually, as we daily pick up our cross, he's constantly renewing us and transforming us by the renewal of our mind, as scripture says, to become more like him, to grow more like him, to reflect more of his character in our life, to be transformed more like the son. In John 14, Jesus continues. Here's what he says in verse 19. He says, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. And that day you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Look at that. I'm in my father, you are in me, and I in you. What does that mean? It means that God is, Jesus is intrinsically, by being the Trinity and being fully God, is in the Father. He is God. And we are in Him, and that we are secured in God, in our relationship to God, through the death and resurrection, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was close. So I am secured, and I am secured in the Father because of the Son. And the Son is given the Spirit who dwells in me. So I live in this mutual, powerful relationship with the Lord. This is complicated, so let me put it simpler. Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Really simple. Abide in me, I will abide in you. If you are in relationship with me, guess what I'll have with you? Relationship. If you lean on me, guess what I'll be? There, faithful, constant, renewing, strengthening. So how do we abide? John 14, 21, he continues, he says, Whoever has my commandments and keep them, he it is who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, notice how he clarifies. Could you imagine being the other Judas in the disciples? There was more than one. Could you imagine being the other one? Be like, Judas betrayed Jesus, and you show up to the potluck the next day. Like, no, it's the other one. Um, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. He will dwell with him. He will abide in him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. He says, How do we abide? We obey the commands of the Lord. 
But this is not in the, in, the, in the classic sense of like the law or the Ten Commandments, though those, you know, those things apply. What he's speaking of very literally and clearly is, I have shown you how you might live and underlined and underscored and presented the principles of what it means to be like Christ. And he's saying, now live as I have lived, right? Model the character that I've shown you. Follow the way of life that I've shown you. Did you know, rabbis, they were teaching their disciples not cool thoughts or interesting things. They would literally live like exactly how they lived. They would eat where they ate. They'd go where they go. They'd say what they say. They were like, he's literally saying, reflect this like exactly. Do this. But don't be surprised that as you're reflecting who I am, people might like try to stone you to death and try to kill you because they didn't like me either, right? But it's reflecting clearly who he is. Did you know the role model for our life is not an athlete, it's not a superstar, it's not a politician, it's Jesus Christ. Right? We do not f reflect the ideals of a, of a party or a system or an actor or a musician. And any time we begin to worship those people way too much, it gets concerning. We are called to reflect the greatest role model that is Jesus Christ because the role, so to speak, that we're called to live is follower of Jesus Christ. Can I just be honest? And I'll speak to the men since it's Father's Day today. It's time for a generation of men who live righteously. And I mean like righteously Sunday and righteously Saturday. I don't mean working for the weekend, getting drunk off our head, and then waking up on Sunday hoping that if we serve, it covers it. I'm not saying being distant and absent, and then hoping that if we engage occasionally, we'll fulfill a religious participation badge. I'll make you a patch. We'll sew it on it. It's not going to do anything. We need men who will live righteously and lead righteously. We need fathers who pursue the righteousness of Christ. We need fathers who are present. We need fathers who are in the presence. We need fathers who are worshipers. We need fathers who are warriors in their worship. We need fathers who declare. We need fathers who participate. We need fathers who serve. We need fathers who serve the poor. We need fathers who care for the needy. We need fathers who care for anybody that impacts their life. We need fathers that consider others. We need fathers that consider others better than themselves. That's what we need. The world does not need more men with children. The world needs more righteous fathers. And that's the space that we're at, that we would pursue righteousness. The question that every dad needs to ask, I wrote this down. This has been a hard couple weeks for me, and I wrote down this phrase uh, for my life. It says, when my kids look at me, do they see Jesus? Do they see Jesus? Someone came up to me after service and said, I've been parenting for 30 years. That's still the question I ask constantly. When my kids look at me, do they see Jesus? Okay, you don't have kids. Let me just ask. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? Do they see Jesus displayed in your life? Not that you're perfect. There are moments in my life my kids do not see Jesus. Like traffic. <laughs> they, I try, I really do Mostly we just listen to worship music And, and dad stays quiet Because nobody in this city can drive <laughs> Yeah, I've driven the whole west coast This is the worst, right here Right here, <laughs> all of them This is the worst But I ask myself When my kids look at me Do they see Jesus? And I think if we were honest, right That's not that easy I wish it was so easy 
Like, it's so easy for me to say, because I have a microphone, this is the thing, but it's so much harder to walk out. Being a parent, being a person is hard, right? Just like being like a good person can be hard. Being a good parent is like even more difficult, especially if you're a single parent. Like, God bless you for doing basically what I deem is almost physically impossible. It's amazing. The people who are, when my wife goes out of town, I just spend the whole week praying over our single parents I know. Like, this is what it's like all the time. I, I'm just blown away. That's why we, we want to support parents. We want to support single parents. We want to encourage you. If you need a break, just call me. We're gonna, we'll hook it up for you. But I, I find it all the time that parenting is difficult. But what I love about the Lord is that as we are parents who pursue God, even though they're suffering, right? Jesus says we share in his suffering and his glory. Uh, that as we pursue God, as we pursue him, that God not only gives us strength, but he gives us rest. That he's not just like, you know, just like power through it, right? He gives us rest. I love this. In Matthew, when Jesus is explaining about the Father, look at the progression. We usually go straight to verse 28, but I think verse 27 gives us some powerful context here. Jesus says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. He says, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And it says, And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And it kind of gives this, So, right? Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that. God's saying, or Jesus is saying, listen, I know the Father. The Father knows me, and I reveal the Father to you. But when I do that, I'm not revealing this like heavy burden that you're like, ah, right? It's so much. It's actually taking a burden off of our shoulders. It's taking the weight off of our shoulders, and it's when we come to Christ that we're yoked with Him, that we're, we're, we're under that covering with Him, that He carries the burden. This is important. Second thing today, the Father gave the Holy Spirit to be your advocate. The Father gave your, the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to be your advocate. Uh, I, I have traditionally been outnumbered in my home, and let me explain to you why. My wife, a woman, my daughter, a girl, right? My wife's a girl, my daughter's a girl. The dog is a girl, right? Uh, we've had people live with us, girls. And so traditionally, I am what people like to call outnumbered. So when we were looking to adopt a kid, uh, we just naturally were like, well, let's get a sister for Lucy. That seems like the easiest thing, you know, that we're not as worried about age. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like five to one now. We might get another dog. Um, we're going to be told there was two dogs. They were both girls. Um, yeah, it was way outnumbered. Not that that makes a difference. But um, there's just a lot of, a lot of women in the house. Uh, and so there was a point where I was like, you know what, Katie, I just feel like the Lord's telling us that maybe we should be open and maybe be open for getting a boy. In my heart, I'm like, boy, 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 right? Because I've decided I refuse to be outnumbered. And so when we adopted Henry, one of my favorite things is that Henry is like, oh, boy. And he will watch, you know, Barbie with his sister. But sometimes, the older he gets, I can get him to advocate for the boy side. And then we win. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, dads. It's like, I <laughs> I get to advocate, and she's like, hey, let's watch Barbie. And I'm like, and I like lean over to him like, or we could watch trucks. And Henry's like, trucks! I'm like, well, that's two for trucks, so I guess we're watching trucks today. <laughs> like, right? And, I mean, she gets her way, obviously. I mean, you, 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 if you know her, you know that's true. Um, 
But I love having an advocate. I'm hoping, like, the older he gets, the more he'll advocate for, like, sports and mostly sports on the TV and doing them, right? Like, let's advocate for it. Uh, but there's something powerful about having someone who's advocating for you, someone on your side, someone who is for you. And, yeah, it's great when it's my son, but it's really great when it's the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, right? Like, Henry's amazing, but, like, he didn't create the universe, or hover over the chaotic deep, right? <laughs> that is the God who is for us. We have an advocate. God says, I promise to send a helper or an advocate. John 14, 25, right? This is all in progression. You can go back and read all of John 14. It's all together. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still here, still here with you. But the helper... The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring you or bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Fatherhood, if we're being honest, it takes strength. The kind of uh, strength that's like tough, not rough, you know what I'm talking about? It's like long suffering, but not mean spirited. That's different. There's a difference between being tough and being rough. Anybody can be rough. Only some people can be tough. To make it through difficult things and not be the worst. To be long-suffering. To have a good nature, a good spirit. But if we're going to be honest, the strength to do that, like I talked to get from the, the dream to the destination in the distance, what did that take? It takes the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing with fatherhood. It takes the Holy Spirit. Let me give you like 90% of the answers to the rest of the sermons you're going to hear at this church. Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, and yet that's the thing we skip, right? Like we do all the other, like, I'm just going to work hard and grit through it. And then, you know, just, I don't know, cry. I don't know what the answer is. And then it's like I come to church, I'm like, the Holy Spirit, what? Right? Let me just give you the answer right now. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. If you want the burden off your shoulder, if you want the life, if you want the renewal, if you want the strength, if you want the passion to fulfill what God's called you to do, Father or not, whoever you are, whatever God has in your life, it is the Holy Spirit to fulfill it well, to live it well. Jesus invites you. Take the burden off your shoulders. Stop trying to prove yourself to me. Lay it at my feet. Be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many of you would love to see that, a harvest of that in your life? Amen? Amen. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. When we let the Holy Spirit lead, when we walk in obedience to God, not only does it renew us and strengthen us, but the final thing, we actually leave a legacy of faith for the next generation. Fathers, let me encourage you, build a legacy that points your children to God. If you're not a father today, hear me. Build a legacy that points someone to God. Build a legacy that points somebody to the Lord. The older I get, the more I uh, care about legacy. In fact, Ben, you can come up today. I've always kind of thought this way in my life, but the older I get, the more I care. And we've always made goals and set goals for our life. And I remember in our kitchen, our little house in the hood, we, uh, we sat down and we made goals. And we said, okay, what are our five-year goals? And in that, it was to move to Arizona and to launch a church. And that happened, so it was cool. Uh, but I remember as we were praying about it, I felt just so compelled that everything I was doing in my life was possible by my own strength. And therefore, it would not be that compelling to my own children to follow God because there'd really be no reason to. Does that make sense? Like I had enough money to occupy them. 
Actually, we didn't have any money. I had enough ability to find money and make money to occupy them. We were tenacious enough. We were hardworking enough. We were comfortable enough that they wouldn't really care unless tragedy befell them, which is not something I'm going to pray for. So I said, well, how am I going to point my kids to the Lord? How am I going to show them how crucial God is? God is life-changing. He is life-giving, right? Every day with the Lord, even if it's a struggle in the flesh, in the spirit, it is a blessing, and I lean on him. And no matter if I have less or more, man, I've met people with millions of dollars who still struggle to find purpose and meaning, right? But no matter where I am, that they would know. And so I was like, man, I, I, living in comfort is not going to point my kids to Christ. Working hard is really important, but it's not going to point my kids to Jesus. Rolling with the punches, being flexible, working with it is really, really important, but it's not going to be a testimony to my kids. What's a testimony to my kids? Is that I want my kids to look back over my life, and I want them to see just huge moments and go like, what, How? What is this right here? How did that happen? And I want it to be that 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 moment in my life is only definable by the Holy Spirit. Right? This church and what God has done here is only definable by the Holy Spirit. When my kids look back at my life, they're not going to be able to define it by money. They're not going to be able to define it by hard work. They're not going to be able to define it by human success. The only way they're going to be able to define this season of my life is by the Holy Spirit. It will make him undeniable in my life and hopefully in theirs. I want them to be like, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit, that's what that is. Dads, listen to me today. Your life will be a testimony to the blessing or the irrelevance of God. See, God is powerful and good and his life is good and his eternity is good and the relationship for you is good. But I mean when it comes to the understanding, it will be the truth or the lie. They'll see it as a blessing or irrelevance. When I would do youth, uh, we would get kids all the time, and they would, you know, I'm, not, I'm talking like church kids. Like kids we'd get all the time off the street, they're just fired up to know Jesus. Now that, that was easy. <laughs> Go to a couple of NA meetings, right? Tell them about Jesus. It's great. But what happened is this kid who'd spent like eight years playing soccer, and then I'd see him like in his junior year of high school, and he just didn't give a crap about Jesus. Like, I didn't even know who he was. His parents would be like, can you, like, teach him about Jesus? And I'd be like, sure, I can tell him about Jesus, but I can't preach louder than you live. And you'd learn pretty quick when you hang out with someone's kid what their parents are living for. So they'd be like, I just want to raise them in the church that they would know. It's like, no, 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 you need to be the church. And then you raise your child in that home. And that's how it works. By your actions... You will tell your kids either that a relationship with Christ is the greatest blessing they could ever receive or completely pointless. You will lead them towards eternity in a relationship with Christ or an eternity in hell. And I think, like, it's okay to feel that weight. I feel that weight as a father. Am I living in a way that leads my kids towards an eternity in the blessed relationship of Jesus Christ? Now they have to make their own decision. They have to make their own choice. And if, and we pray constantly for those children of people in this church who have walked away from God that they might return and receive and walk in the life that we believe them for. That's not a reflection on your parenthood. You can only do what you can do. And what we can do is to live faithfully, live faithfully after the Lord and leave a legacy for our children, to live as Christ. 
to show what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is to live with Christ. Isn't it a blessing? It's a blessing to live secured in the Lord. It's a blessing to live secured in Jesus Christ. It's a blessing to have our identity secured. It's a blessing that even in loss and struggle and difficulty to know the love of Jesus Christ. So how do we live as Christ? Jesus told his disciples, if you know me, you also know the Father. But he also said, they'll know that you're mine if you do what I've done. And here's what he says, John 13. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He asked that question. I was asking myself a lot this week. Do I love like Jesus? Have you asked yourself that lately? Do I love like Jesus? Do I love others as Christ has loved me? Am I selfless? Do I forgive when I could hold on to a grudge or bitterness? Do I help even when I feel like maybe somebody doesn't deserve it? Do I consider others better than myself? Do I even consider others? Do I sacrifice? Am I patient? Am I slow to anger in speech? Have I surrendered my heart to the Lord? Do I walk in obedience to the Father? See, today might be a, a celebration or a difficulty for you, depending on how you came in here today, maybe personally or in your past. But what I love about Jesus Christ is for every person today, there is healing for the past and hope for the future. Every person today, there is hope for your future, and there is healing for your past in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit longs to move in the lives of people who say, I want to be made and transformed to be more like Christ. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I don't want to parent by my own strength. I don't want to try and just forget my past. I want to be healed from it. I want to lead my family well. I want to love others as Christ loved me. When people look at me, whether they're my kids or just my neighbor, I want them to see the love of Christ. But if you're like me, you recognize that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit today. And so today I want to end by praying for you that you would be renewed and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So I want to invite you, would you stand with me today? And in just a moment, I'm going to open the altar. We've done this every week. We open the altar, we open this space, and it's not that the tile here is more holy than the tile in the back, but there's something special about stepping out in faith and asking God to move in your life, and this is a you and him step. The early church was much more physically active. We moved around more. So loud. <laughs> so in just a second, I'm just going to open up the altar space and invite you for a few things. One, if you just need healing in your past, you have hurt and pain, and you say, you know what, I'm not taking any of this out the door with me. Or maybe you need healing today. Maybe today is a hard day for you. And you need renewal. You need restoration. And you need just a revelation of God's love for you today. I wanna, I'm going to invite you forward in just a second. If you're here today and you need the Holy Spirit to move upon you and strengthen you, you're walking this journey of, uh, of life, let alone parenting, but just life. And you're saying, Holy Spirit, I need to be renewed. I need to be strengthened. I need you more in my life. Or simply, there's just something in your heart you need to lay down to God and say, I'm tired of carrying this. I want to release it to you. That what I'm going to do is the band's going to sing this song that talks about making us a vessel and invites the Spirit to fill us up and then pour us out. 
And so I'm going to pray for you and then just invite you to engage in this altar time this morning and not be afraid, not be trapped in shame, but just be released to come forward and you can stand or kneel. Our prayer team will be around. They'll put your, their hand on your shoulder. If you want to just pray you and the Lord, you just ignore them. They'll pray over you and move on. If you want prayer, you just turn and look at them. They'll pray with you. But I'm going to invite I'm going to invite you forward in just a second. If you're just asking Holy Spirit, move upon my life. Renew me, strengthen me. I give it to you. I want to pray for you today. Lord God, we pray over this space this morning. We pray as we worship. We release the hearts of your people, and I pray that they would take that step to you to say, God, I ask Holy Spirit that you would renew me, that you would strengthen me, that you would encourage me. I pray even right now for those fathers that need an encouragement. I pray an encouragement over those, their lives. I pray for those right now struggling with hurt that need to be healed. I pray for those who are struggling to have children. I pray that you would restore their hearts and their faith and encourage them. God, I pray for those this morning who just feel empty and poured out, who need to be filled up again. I pray that you would fill them, Holy Spirit, by your power and by your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name.